Welcome to this episode of the Bell Education Podcast with me, Rebecca Stead, and... Me, Sam Bufton. Ably assisted by our producer, Laura. So the last few recordings we have understandably looked uh, in a prism of, of coronavirus, etc., and how that's affected various parts of the industry. But we thought what we'd record today is something looking more forward, um, and especially to the summer, and young learners in general. Um, and who better to have a conversation about young learners with um, than Martin Core, um, who is the managing director of the Ardmore Group, um, which I believe is the largest young learner provider in the UK, Martin? Certainly one of, definitely. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming. So, young learners, I thought what we'd do today is a general talk about um, what's what the landscape for young learners is for, for 2022 and beyond. So uh, here at Bell, we haven't run a Young Learner course since January 2020. So we're looking forward to our first intake, which will be this April. Um, and how's it going over there at Ardmore, bearing in mind, I guess you haven't had many Young Learners in over the last couple of years? No, it's, um, yeah, it's, been, a, it's been a tough couple of years. Um, we've had little small pockets of programmes throughout the summer, but nothing on the scale of what we're, we're used to, um, somewhere around... 100 to 200 students last summer in comparison to 14,000 in, in 2019. Just, you know, it was nice to be doing something, but it's nowhere near on the scale that we're, we're, we're used to. And, and yeah, looking forward to our, our first big intake, which will be um, this February. We've got a lot of students coming from South America. So it'll be nice to have a bit of an injection in the arm and start moving forward. It will be nice. I mean, it's nice in all sorts of ways, isn't it? Just getting staff out again, perhaps out of hibernation or, or, or getting them back when perhaps you had to lose them or, and, and just to have um, the, the kind of the cogs whirring for young learners is we, we've got a, a Japanese, a small Japanese group in Cambridge now and Argentinians arriving this week. So it does feel a bit like things are, are starting to get back to normal. It's nice to see the students around and even more excited about being here, I think, as well after not being able to travel for a couple of years. When you've had students in, Martin, um, through the pandemic, has that been in the UK only, or have you managed to have groups over in the States as well? Because obviously the situations in both countries are completely different. Yeah, so we haven't had anything in the States um, since the the summer previously, Um, but we have operated some in-country programmes, which was um, something that we we launched with a few of our partner agents abroad, um, when travel restrictions were so high, um, and we had staff on, you know, in, on the continent in Europe wanting work, um, there were students that were wanting to learn the English language but not in front of a screen, um, and so we just we we started operating some what we've called our English Village um, concept, which is if you can't come to us, we'll come to you. Um, Where were they held then? So we did uh, one in Turkey, one in Spain. Um, um, and we're looking at running those again this Easter as well um, for students that, you know, maybe still a little bit nervous about travelling but still want that kind of um, English language experience um, rather than on- online teaching, which I think most uh, young learners are a little bit kind of fed up of doing more screen time and things. So, yeah, so we're looking to run those again. Did you go to online? We did. Um, we did bits and pieces, but um, so through our Ardmorex, um education platform, which will be... It was developed before the pandemic to um, enhance our English language learning for juniors, getting getting them more engaged with um, activities um, and things which are not just in a workbook environment, but more kind of interactive um, using the technology that we've 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 got. Um, so we we started building that and then flipped that very quickly into more of an online um, lesson um, provision, um, but. You know, it was small. It touched. It didn't really. It doesn't really touch the sides in comparison to what we're looking to to do in the face to face teaching world, as we all know. Yeah. So when you've done the in country programs, have you sent teams from here, like a whole team in, or have you sent some of your usual experienced team and then um, hired staff locally in those places? Yeah. So a, a lot of our um, teaching staff t- uh, work. Uh, in abroad yeah. during the year they're teaching in in schools teaching english 
um, in Italy or Spain or, or, or France, etc. Um, and so it was very easy for them to to, to mobilise from from Europe across Europe. So we we, we utilised those those teams there, and we did send a couple of staff from the UK as well from a um, either a senior management provision or activity style staff who wrapped the program so that the English language wasn't just in the classroom it was more of a provision outside of the uh, outside of the classroom as well and um, so yeah it was a bit of a mix um, student uh, staff mainly the teaching staff from from the continent and then um, and then yeah uh, some coming from the UK because of course you, you don't have adults for example year-round which can in some way at least keep the schools open and keep your your staff um, working so being purely young learners um, this is a about as bad as it could have got, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, um, yeah, it's been um, it's been pretty tough. I mean, you 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 sit there and you you think. I think the the hardest part of it was the the roller coaster of is it going to happen? Are we going to get to there again? Are we going to are we going to operate and the preparation and the work that you do to get the groups engaged and talk them through the provisions that you have in place um, and you know. The, the agents working with you and the work that goes on with our agents to, to sell those products and convince the parents to send their children abroad and then to have to go and say, you know, actually, it's not going to happen again. And that that process of doing that, which felt like, you know, three, four, five, six times during the year where, you know, you're looking at your winter programme, you're looking at your Easter programme and then the summer again not happening for, for, for two seasons. Um, whereas you know, in, in reality, the same work level had been had, had been done by by ourselves, but also by our our partners around the world. And um, that was the hardest part, I think. Yeah, and then obviously trying to manage risk with providers, of course. Yeah, exactly. You know, we 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 go into you know some some boarding schools, universities, who have also been highly affected by this. You know, the the revenue that we bring into those schools is is um, you know highly appreciated it's significant amounts of, of money that we we spend at our, our partner schools around uh, you know around the UK and and in the US and you know they use that 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 those funds to enhance the the teaching and the, and the environment for their own full-time students and they've also not had that so and then you know you you, you look down you know speaking with some you know coach companies that are no longer no longer with us that we've worked with for 15 20 years and and you know n- not just provision that we provide as a, as a language school which is highly um, important to them throughout the year and the summer but also you know other areas that have been affected by this pandemic and now we all start looking forward to okay let's get all everything in place let's get the contracts ready for our, our coaching provision for excursions and all these different things and you know some of those um uh, the the people that you've worked with and got relationships for so many years at different sites and are no longer around to, to to provide that provision um and that's you know sad to t- sad to see as well and also i guess it becomes less efficient doesn't it because you can't just pick up the phone to the people you've always worked with to just put things in place you might have to now research um, different companies you might have to start relationships you might have to put more effort in to get the same out and so it's almost like a start again, isn't it? It is in it is in many ways. Um, some some of these um, areas you've you've that you kind of fly under the radar a little bit on from from where you sit from an operational perspective. The additional work that's going to be needed to ensure that we're you know to the same standards, the risk assessments that we need to do against the audits that we do with all our coach companies and taxi companies that we work with. You know, all of those things need to be redone, and especially if it's a new provider, what's the you know the quality of the vision? You know, we've been doing this a long time. You know, myself being in young learner provision for f- over fifteen years, you know what good looks like, um, and you you know the good providers from the, the not so good, um, and we've got to you know get back to ensuring that, that the quality is, is still the same as it was pre-pandemic. And hopefully, the prices are the same pre- as pre-pandemic. I was just going to say, and the prices are going up, and not just because of COVID. Um, but COVID has in obviously contributed to that as well. So that's an, another challenge to try and get round. It is, and you know, it, a, a feel for both. You know, for for all suppliers, we're all being squeezed at, mm. at, at different ends. You know, whether it's from from a fuel perspective and energy, etc. Food costs are going up. Um, minimum wage has taken a big increase for the for the and, and the drop of that to the for the under twenty threes. Uh, sorry, for the over twenty threes. Um, all has an impact on the on the bottom line, and on top of trying to recover a business that has not really operated for a long time, it's competitive out there from a price perspective. 
um, and everybody's you know working hard to try and get back to you know some volumes because that's you know from 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 an album perspective we work we work we're a volume organization um, and you know the price point that we work at we need those volumes to come through and um, so that's going to be um, that's also you know interesting and and, and makes it more difficult because we're being squeezed at both ends from a from a top line revenue perspective, but also the the costs that are, are being incurred because of inflation that we're currently being hit in the UK and 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 around the world. And something which isn't COVID related, but um, is 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 now becoming an issue potentially for young learner provision is Brexit and the hiring of European staff, which has been the bread and butter for many um, young learner providers historically. Um, how are you finding this new? world of of trying to staff your summer schools versus you know pre-brexit yeah it's certainly um we're having these these conversations this week really about you know where we are in comparison to where we want to be we're not quite there where we want to be at the moment and that is 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 around that particularly that provision um the frontier work permit seems to be looking like it's easier than it first we first thought when we when we reviewed when we were looking at it, you know, eighteen months ago, it seems like it's a, a, a more um, it is an opportunity for us to be able to get those staff back through um, that have worked for us previously. But my, the concern is these, you know, the new staff that you would have coming through year on year that would come from Europe, um, teaching staff, and and also you know um, other other staff from international schools around the world um, or, or from Europe that would come across and work. Um, we're, that's um, an area that, that's been lost, um, and you know, as, as we've seen in the, the job market currently, it's um, there's, there's um, it, it's going to be a difficult a difficult re- uh, recruitment period for us all, I believe. There's been a lot of, particularly teachers, I think that because obviously for the past two years there haven't been any students for them to teach, so they've gone and they've re- retrained or they found an alternative career now, and so that's taken out a lot of people. Yeah, definitely, and. You, you, you know, we you have these um, you know the stalwarts of your kind of organisation that come through and they've worked for you for years and years and come back every year and there's a, there's a there's a there's a there's a large number of those that and and you know have done exactly that they've gone instead of teaching abroad and 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 grabbing teaching roles here and there which is you know it's quite a transient um, you know. Um, life isn't it for for an EFL teacher? They you know lots of different contracts throughout the year, and then they would always come back to the UK or go to the US for to work for Ardmore. They've now got jobs that they don't have that summer break, yeah. so now they they don't have that opportunity to come back and and, and from wherever they are, or or like you say, have, have rechained and to do something different. So it's it's going to be an interesting time for the for the industry, um, and looking at the number of um, people that are becoming qualified to teach English as a, as a, as a foreign language th- through the CELTA and Trinity, the numbers of those are not increasing at, at, to the rate of what we're losing at the other end. So it's going to be a going to be a, a, an interesting kind of 18 months on that side as well, which, um, you know, s- certain things you don't, you, you know, you don't, you're looking to bounce back quickly. Recruitment of good staff has never really been a major issue for us. We've always been been quite fortunate in the the return rates that we've had and so you you know but you know having two years of, of not having that return rate going to be um it's going to be tough for our recruitment teams certainly and the industry as a whole looking forward though without dwelling on on the potential issues i mean young young learners is a growing or at least it was when when there were sensible stats when the world was sensible place um what do you think are the key drivers for agents, parents, children to, to choose a course? Do you think it's, let's say they've chosen the UK as a location, but within the UK, is it where the school is in the UK? Is it the price still the main driver? Is it the programme? Is it potentially the, the awareness of what that company is like? Is it some brand proposition? What, what do you think drives the... Um, the, the buying decisions from from young learners and, and their representatives. I think I think we've seen um, certainly if you look at the growth that young learners have seen certainly from kind of sixteen through to nineteen. Um, a big twenty sixteen through to twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, twenty sixteen through twenty nineteen. They the the growth that young learners have seen um, with the kind of 
you know the the explosion of um, the Chinese market for, for for the young learner provision, but also around around the world. I think the um, the ease of travel has, has become um, much more um, for for for. for Parents to be able to send their children abroad without, you know, on their own has, has, has become more of a norm um, than previously. But I think for 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 parents, it's different for every market. I think you look at each market quite individually, and it's sometimes very easy to sit back and and um, just look at an overall growth and and think that every market is is, is looking the same. And I think even within each market, there are different sec- sections of, of 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 the economy where you know some parents are looking for. A, their child to be able to go to a a well-established you know blue chip university boarding school or 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 company um there are others that are looking like 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 blue chip like bell for example (laughs) yes of course or um like a you know a top university like a cambridge course or to be able to say to you know the the person next door that you know my child is going on a on a course an english language course at Cambridge University or Yale University or we've seen we certainly see that across um, different markets I think you know when you've got a driver um, which might be the English teacher you know when you look at Italy or um, certain areas in Russia as well and and so on where the English teacher is the driver for that Um, for them I think it's a a lot around um, the parents are putting the the child in the hands of that that teacher, so the teacher is is very much key on location, safety, and the welfare of the child, and the and what the organisation's um, organisational skills and the operation looks like. Um, I think they they're probably less likely to go for something brand new startup. They're looking for a historic um, uh, operations that that they can that they've heard good things about. Um, so I think it's very different for each market, um, and certainly in China, we, you you would see a wide range of that in that in in the growth. You'd see you know the 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 ones that are just looking at price only. They just want they want to be able to get the the the, the lowest possible price for a program um, and and squeeze from that end. But then similarly, you've got probably exactly the same amount of students that are looking at the the high end price points and and program. We've seen a lot of growth for our English plus so um, programs that, that that are not just focused on English and the general general English plus some activities etc which is the you know the the the, uh, the standard program across across all of the um, young learners but we're seeing growth in the, our English plus sports programs particularly horse riding and golf has, has grown hugely for us over the last you know eight, 17 18 19 um, We've seen a lot of interest in kind of our English and coding and robotics programs, and and um, and and from Asia as well around leadership um, um, has been quite a quite an interesting in, in in area for for growth as well. So people looking that, that maybe they've sent their child already once before, so they've come as a as a young teen um, on a program as a general English, and then looking for something a little bit more, something that something that they can put onto their their maybe their university application that they did a particular program, whether that's a volunteering program, a leadership program, or something rather than just a general English lesson. Yeah, I think the um, it's been over the last ten years or so the the English in the morning in a classroom, then kicking the football around a car park or whatever it is in the afternoon, then you know learning to write your own name in English on a T-shirt. I, I think that kind of stuff is 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 dwindling, and the things that are increasing are the STEM subjects which you can put on top or the explorational stuff where they're experiencing travel maybe up to edinburgh or perhaps paris or or um horse riding like you say or or something which which gives them not a qualification at the end but but they can say that they have you know, engaged or learned something quite specific mm-hmm. i think um that seems to be the way that, that the young learner programs are going in general have you seen any requests perhaps for 2022 that you haven't seen previously? I wonder if anything's going to change as people are starting to travel again. Are groups or parents 
trying to pack more into a programme or look at something more specific to make the most of the time because they haven't been able to do it for a long time? Or are they going, actually, this time, let's just go and have a nice time because it's been a pretty rough couple of years. So let's go to the UK, learn some English and have some fun, go and do some sightseeing and some sports. Have you seen any kind of trend? I think, again, it's been um, certainly... Um, country specific I think when we we look at you know South America there's certainly seems to be a, a large pent-up demand um, where they're they're now really driving to to get this you know their children out into the US into the into the UK um, some of um, the Europeans are looking at possibly shorter programs than we've seen previously and that's a, a trend that we've seen we did see through kind of eighteen nineteen yeah. where the average stay is was reducing from you know around two weeks to I think it ended up being about one point eight weeks yeah. when we got to um, to twenty nineteen and that's a trend that is 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 um, we we all want to try and and, and, and change and so by offering extensions to a program that gives them something worthwhile and extra. To extend that stay, um, I think, is something that we, we, we're all hoping to drive for because it's, you know, for us and our partner agents around the world, we're all trying to see if we can get the um, the, the average stay up in the in the in, certainly in the young learners provision. Um, I think um, so. Yeah. So we, I think we've seen differences. Whereas some just want to come and do the program that they're really happy with, but the the um, the number of students wanting to get on that program is is, is increased because they've got that pent up demand. There are others that are looking to maybe just shorten the stay and and, and try and pack in more to it to a slightly shorter shorter period, and and that can be linked to the price point that you know where where prices are going, both from a course perspective, but also from flights, etc. Um, and then yeah, we we are seeing more requests for those those kind of not you know, non-general English, those English plus programs, we are seeing more more of those types of requests um, coming through um, from, from the different countries as well. So wanting to get, I think, probably a little bit more out of the program yeah. than they would normally because it's just a general English. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast series, please drop us a line at podcast at bellenglish.com. How do you go about picking out a young learner centre, Martin? There's a there's a number of things that we look at. I think you know, there's if you're looking for a, a high end boarding school, um, or are you looking at a, a university provision? For Armour started um, primarily in the boarding school market, um, and then latterly, from kind of 20, 2011, 2012, we started to go more into the university um, accommodation. But that brings with it different challenges. I think, you know, you know, you guys at high-end provider, um, you're looking at things that maybe some of the other providers are not looking at around yeah. safeguarding and, and how we look after children um, in a setting, certainly in a university setting, which isn't really set up in the same way as a boarding school would be for, for, for junior, provide, for junior um, learners. So I think, you know, for, first and foremost, it comes from a point of, you know, would we be happy sending our own children to these sites? Yeah. Um, do, do that's always in the back of my mind whenever I go around a centre. Is it is it appropriate for you know young learners to be to be at these at these centres? And is that just the grants, for example? You know, is it oh this is near a main road or it's very city centre or is it that? the food is suitable or is it even the accommodation is suitable or is there enough room for them? Are there facilities for sports? Um, what We've all been around young learner centres and, and and thought the same things, but what do you kind of f- focus in on um, most in terms of how it fits in our more portfolio? So, yeah, I mean, I think the starting point really is around the overall makeup of the school. So, what does the accommodation look feel like? Quality, the quality of the of the accommodation, the the safety of the accommodation. You know, window latches, keypads, all, all those types of things. You know, and that's that, always what the agents ask about first. Anyway, isn't it? Yeah. What's the accommodation like? Yeah. So that's that's always a, a key starting point because at the end of the day, these children are coming over. It's not for a couple of nights. I think quite often um, the UK. Um, 
junior provision. So school groups in the UK tend to stay within the UK and they'll do two or three nights somewhere. And the accommodation for those sites is very different to what I think we are looking at, especially yeah. as, a, as, as, as high-end providers. We're looking at the quality of what the students are going to be living in, what's yeah. the bathroom ratio looking like, how do we split the boys and girls, um, is there proper provision for adults within the accommodation as well. Um, so those are kind of first, first part of call. Then you start to look at what does the the other environment look like, so around the teaching facilities and then the the extracurricular activities that we can provide. So, you know, if you've got a, a university in the in, in in the city centre, then it's okay. What does the safety look like? Is the twenty four hour security? But then also, what is on your doorstep? How can you can you get to it? Things that are going to be interesting to students, because at the end of the day, we've all got to sell the site as well. Yeah. And our partners abroad have got to be able to sell it. So I think you know we always start from that provision is you know. Would I be happy sending my child here? Does what's the accommodation look like? Is it is it suitable? And then go from there to look at the other parts of the provision um, around teaching and then the extracurricular around sports and facilities around like that, where we always kind of look at it from. Yeah, it's, it's a mix, isn't it? Some will have amazing accommodation, but the actual location may not be perfect. Some will have fantastic facilities, but maybe the accommodation is a bit shabby or or they haven't got the ratios that that you're after and it's, it's quite often trying to match the ones that tick the most boxes because it's unlikely you're going to get 250 beds which are the perfect configuration which have got the perfect facilities which have got swimming pools um, and cinema rooms and sports pitches and are accessible to london you know those those are um fairly rare so we like to to look at summer schools as Kind of an overall portfolio if you could wouldn't you you'd have one that was rolling hills and kind of a, even remote i mean remote isn't the end of the world if you've got if, you, if it's got its own charm and it's got its own reasons um to be attractive but then you also need that kind of draw to london how important do you find that that draw to london for, for young learners to the uk i think it's still a, a huge draw i think you know um thinking of our you know our portfolio of 20 sites the only site that doesn't go to London is Edinburgh, um, and um, and and we find that Edinburgh tends to attract students that are probably second or third timers so on these types of London. programs. So they've already yeah. done the London thing, but every other site that we have has a London excursion in it, um, and I think without that, the the draw of London worldwide is still one of our most powerful tools um, for, for selling. I think, you know, they, they, they want that, you know, that Instagram picture in front of, you know, Big Ben and yeah. et cetera. I think that's um, that's still um, still a big driver. And, and, and so striking distance of London is, is still key, really. And how much do you think when we are promoting these courses, yes, when we're finding centres and make, making sure that they're right for us, as companies that they fit our portfolio and they're safe for the students and secure how much are we promoting them to the students themselves or the parents and the our partner agents because or the yeah because i've often found there's been you know for years now there's been this big push oh, they've got to have single room ensuite accommodation no they can't they won't share two or three beds they won't have to you know share in a, a bathroom or whatever it must be single room ensuite accommodation really how much are the kids then they arrive and they want to pull a mattress into their friend's bedroom mm. next door because they don't want to be on their own maybe it's their first time away from home or they just want to have fun and they want to share a room and feel like they're all together and having a nice time so it's a it's a, a tricky balance isn't it because then you're selling this to the partner agents and the parents and they're like that's perfect but when the kids get here that's not what they want. Mm. I think. It, I think that's you know so many key stakeholders in in the in the young learner sales channel, which isn't the case really in an adult in an yeah. adult language school. I think, like you say, you've got you've got the the agent that you need to convince for them to promote it. Then you've got the parent, or or in some ways you've even got a school in between the the agent and then the parent, mm. and then you've got the, the the child themselves. I think we're finding more and more that the child has significantly more of a say now on the location and the program they go to um you're seeing more and more um student-led fairs um for young learners than i think we've ever seen in the in the past and you know in in brazil that 
that that's um, all a bit has been a, a long-standing thing that they've done yeah. for, for, for for junior students, um, and you're now starting to see that across Europe as well, where where the, because I do believe that you know the the teenager of of now certainly has a bigger say in what they do yeah. and what their parents and spend their money on um, than than they certainly had five ten years ago. So I think the 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 the, the student themselves are becoming more of a, of a key stakeholder than they certainly were. F- you know, four or five years ago. So you've got to get that balance right between the safe um, environment that the parent and the teacher who's probably coming with them want, while also ensuring that the student feels like they're going to have a great time, they're going to meet lots of um, other students and so on. And I think one of the key selling points for Ardmore has, has always been that international mix and that yeah. that mixing of, of nationalities um, and, you know, the, the 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 vision that you know students coming over meeting students from all over the world but actually realizing that they're all quite sim they're all quite similar you know a child from Spain a child from China a child from South America all like music they all like they all have a mobile phone they all you know they all are on social media etc cetera, etc cetera. might be slightly different platforms but actually the overall thing that they're looking at is, is it tends to be quite similar and I think that is one of the key outcomes that we find from our our programs is that kind of that cultural experience and that global perspective that 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 students get when they come on our programs in in seeing and meeting and engaging with students from all over the world and that's a a, a key thing that i think um we're seeing certainly at these student fairs they're asking those questions okay what other nationalities are going to be at the at the, at, at, at the um at the school when i'm there whereas i think in the past it was more about them going with their friends or yeah. that you know from school etc it was like more of a school trip or, or something i think now they are more open to you know breaking down those kind of you know those walls etc and understanding okay what, what other nationalities are going to be there who am i going to be in a classroom with etc and i think that's um that's been a bit interesting change to in, in the last few years and that's the key bit we could not replicate online yeah. during, during the last couple of years you, you just you cannot replicate when, when you see the students after two or three, four weeks with you in the summer where they don't want to say goodbye to, to their friends from around the world they just met, it, you, you won't be able to do that. You can't do it online. That, isn't, um, that just isn't giving the same experience, is it? Um, so it's good to see that, that we think... As awful as it sounds, it's actually quite nice seeing them crying and hugging each other when they're all leaving. Yeah. Well, at least they've had a nice time and they've made friends. Yeah. Well, no, that is, it is that, isn't it? Which yeah. which you won't be able to replicate by being on the same Zoom call. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So it is nice to see that this summer, um, fingers crossed, we should be seeing plenty of that. Um, one thing you said there was China, um, which we probably won't be seeing this summer. Is that is How much of an impact is that going to have on you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a big impact. It's it's um it's grown exponentially over the last you know in through seventeen, eighteen, nineteen certainly, and um, it's become a, a big part of our overall student body. Um, and so yeah, it, as you say, it's looking highly unlikely that we're going to see anywhere near if if any of the numbers that we'd we'd like to and expect to see in a normal in a normal year from from China. Um, it is going to have an impact. The numbers are going to be you know impacted because of that. Um, but we, you know, we're, we're positive that you know that, that there's still that that want and need. We've been speaking with a few of our partner agents and, and schools that, that that travel with us all the time. They still want to do this. It's not that it's gone and you know was going to take a long time to come back. And as we've seen with China, um, when when the kind of button gets pressed and the, and it's okay, now we're ready to go. We know that there's the demand and the numbers will f- will flow from that. So it's probably, uh, 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 you know, maybe next next winter around the the the, um, the Chinese New Year is when we're kind of forecasting that we're hoping to get a starting point back, and then you know summer of summer of twenty twenty three. But um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a real shame. Um, you know, certainly some of the the school groups which have travelled with us for so many years, and you know how many students are now not going to have that experience, and what impact will that have on you know when they you know become become older, and you know will they hold the UK or or the US in the same in the same light that that yeah. students that have been to the UK would do? And I think it's quite um, you know interesting to you know when you take a step back about the 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 students that come on our programs 
and then probably come back and maybe work here as a in, in the international businesses that we have held in, in you know in, in, in London etc because they hold an affinity to to the UK because of that experience that you know we provide um, there's been a, there's going to be a, a gap there that we we've got, got to try and fill I think um, quickly and um, to, to to get those that, that flowing back through. Which other key tranches of regular business um, other than China do you think you might miss this year? Hungary. Pardon? Hungary. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, Hungary for us was was always going to be a. Um, a bonus, a bonus on yeah. top of what you know would have been a, a, a normal year. I think you know we were looking at, at that as a as a um, as, a, as a, a, to try and recover against the business that we've lost in, in in China. That was what it was looked at for us. We you know it's a lot of as I'm sure everyone who's been 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 on on that that tempest provision. It was yeah. a lot of work to get it to where it was. There was a lot of work gone in from all the teams and you know schools etc. That that we were engaging with, to, and then to get it pulled away at the last minute again was um, was frustrating. Hopefully, it is just a, a, a delay rather than a uh, a delay to twenty three, and and it doesn't get pulled because it's a it's a fantastic provision. I think for for students to have that experience that and um, previously you know maybe not wouldn't have been able to. Um, but yeah, so that's that's frustrating. But I think generally across the market, other than um, the Kind of China and and and, and Asia Italian generally. Yeah, we're 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 seeing we're seeing them come. One of the one of the ones that we we've missed throughout, which would would normally start to to really start to come through now for us at our year round site would be the French school groups. Um, they they then we're not seeing those come through. Um, and that's that's a shame. And that's more around. Um, around Brexit and the and the um, passport provision that they they now require um, in com- compared to previously, and I think that's been that Brexit issue has has been hidden um, really by the by the co- by COVID, um, and we're starting to see that now because I mean you know normally we'd have a, a huge number of of French school groups coming through th- from from kind of February through to June. Um, and and similarly in in, in uh, September through to de- December, so um, that's an area that is is of concern. And how quickly will that bounce back? And what does does it look like post Brexit? Um, is certainly a, 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 an area that we're we're concerned around because that that was um, for us a, a big part of our year round provision. Um, potential issues in Russia, which is another big provider traditionally. Yeah, um, we're, we're not we're not seeing um, seeing any drop off yet but there is that concern there there is certainly a, a bit of a, a flag um that the numbers are, are on kind of track with where we expect to be at this time of the year but um yeah again it's a it's a it's one of those that you you kind of sat with one eye open kind of just hoping that it kind of all sorts itself out and then we're we're, we're back to to not having something else to take away that 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 cherry that you know we're all driving towards to try and get back to some some decent volumes um, across across our provision. And are you seeing obviously that the groups are coming back to the US as much as the UK? Well, because obviously at the moment where we are, which is mid to end of January, the Omicron surge more, you know, is reaching its peak. I guess in the US now where we seem to be past that here in the UK. Is that still have an effect on US bookings? Yeah, I mean, for, for the US, they um, we're, we're looking lower on a percentage than than we are in the UK on, on, a, on a like for like against 2019. But the, the US had, had a, a higher percentage of Chinese bookings into, into it than the, than the UK did. So when you take that yeah. out of the numbers, we're probably looking similar um, across the across the provision, um, and I think that the feeling we're getting from some of the, the the key markets certainly is that they're getting to a point where I think we're maybe we all are you know that we have to learn to live with this now. Yeah. Um, thankfully, being you know in the the young learn provision, we've seen that it, it's not as um, it does, the, the the COVID doesn't seem to affect junior students in 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 the in the same way as the as, as any of the older students. Both my my children have have had COVID and have been absolutely fine. And in fact, uh, my daughter you wouldn't have even known that she that she yeah. had that she had it. So I think um, I think that's an area that um, people are getting to. I think now you know with two years of this, I think they're seeing that 
you know, being able to send the, their, their child abroad, actually the risks are pretty, pretty low. The, the, the major questions we're being asked now is not really around COVID. It's, it's, um, it's around the quarantine periods and things like that. Um, if, should they get it and not be able to travel home or Insurance, what happens? And, refunds, exactly. policies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think, that. yeah, I don't think that the, the it's having a, as, as big an impact now on the overall numbers, US versus UK. I think we're pretty similar. And in theory, the UK by the summer should look like a yeah. Out of anywhere. Mm. Um, yeah, bonus for us trying to recruit the um, young learners. To- yeah, definitely. I think we're in a we're in a good we're in a good spot. I think moving forward now. Fingers crossed, touch wood. Um, but it's um, yeah, we, we do seem to be that the numbers are looking good. The way that we're the way that we're coming out of this this last wave, I think you know people are getting to a point where it's you know we're going to travel now. Um, we're certainly seeing that from our South American clients that are coming through. They're coming anyway. We've been working with them for a long time, and there was a, a period of time through November and December where I'm sat there going, "Are we on this roller coaster again?" And we're going to get the maybe not this year type conversation but then but thankfully for them and and i think you know we we talk about you know teaching resilience and 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 things like that as well for children to travel and and i think this is all part of it and you know giving them this experience you know that you know we're looking forward to welcoming them um as i'm sure you are with your your south american clients i think they they do seem to be um Traveling anyway now, I think they, we've got to a, a lot of a lot of people have got to that point. Yeah, the only thing that ever stopped our South American clients traveling was that they weren't allowed. I mean, yeah. they were stopped from traveling. There was never a um, a reduction in the desire. Mm. Um, and actually, what we found, people have had bookings from two years ago, and they haven't cancelled. They're just waiting, um, and they will come on that booking that they made two years ago, um, which is. Absolutely fantastic. You wondered at the time whether they would give up, but yeah. but they certainly haven't. Yeah, and that, and that's 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 the you know fantastic. And I think that that comes back to I guess where we we start on this. We started talking around the fact that you know as a a parent, an agent, a child, you know, or or um, a school are looking at that vision what are you providing how do you provide it the the longevity and the quality that you look to provide you know i think you know both of us have got that um both bell and armor have got that um kind of historical um uh provision down to a t um, they trust uh, is, yeah. is a big part of it as well um and and so you know looking after your clients in the right way they, they'll do that and, and that you know that's um paramount really for all of us isn't it as we move out of this and that, that those relationships continue and they continue to travel and it's, yeah, we're looking forward to that. To keep up to date with our podcast series, you can follow us on social media at Bell Education Podcast. What would you say is the biggest challenge of running a junior summer programme or some of the challenges? I think... Um, you know, you've been doing it for so long, you, you become a little bit blasé about the amount of work that goes into mm-hmm. delivering high, you know, high quality programs, looking at, and I think, you know, all, all the time, looking at it through a lens of a, you know, of a parent and ensuring that you're looking after the children as you, you know, in this, in this, in the way that you would look after your own. I think, you know, all the time, the fluctuate, the fluctuation in booking numbers, the lateness of, of, of junior programs quite often can be, can be can be tough and then you know the fact that you know we are you know bringing in seasonal staff to deliver to deliver the programs and so the key thing that we always drive on is is that 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 training piece in advance um whether that be through through our online training platforms and then the the intensive training that we do in advance of the pro when they when they come into the into the site that's the key area um and ensuring that those 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 staff members are, are up to standard um, and the and the and the mix that we give, so the the returning staff with new staff to ensure that that provision is is, is across it. That's always the 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 the, the, the key um, to a to a good to a good year. When you feel when you see if your training's slightly off, the problems can 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 mount up. Um, and then the the uh, I always feel for the operations guys. You know, the weekends are the are the busiest part and the and the most difficult part where you've got. You know, you could have 
you know, I think we had um, 1,800 students in London, you know, on one, one Saturday. The logistics that go into that, bringing this, getting the students in, making sure that, you know, they have the, everything that they need in London and then come out. And then also the changeover being on that same weekend. Yeah. So, you know, you can quite often have two to 3,000 students coming in and then another two to 3,000 students going out in, the, in those peak weekends. So I think that the logistics around making sure that, you know, everyone departs well, the changeover of the accommodation and, and everything, and then also the arrivals, that part is, you know, I always feel for the, you know, I came through an operational background, so yeah. I've been through that. Yeah, that. it's also that having to rely on so many other people as well to get those things done, isn't it? So when you've got all these arrivals at a weekend and people departing, you're relying on the coach companies and you're relying on that coach not breaking down on the way to the airport, uh, not getting stuck in traffic. Um and then also the cleaners coming in and turning those beds around in time for the next groups to come in so they can smoothly go into their rooms and not have to hang around after a long journey. Yeah, it's all it's it's all of those things, isn't it? And I think that's, you know, we touched on it briefly about the, the concerns that there are around the fact that some of those, you know, those relationships that you've had with the coach companies yeah. and so on, you know, may not be still around. And so it's just ensuring that we uh, that we get the the quality and the provision and and the expectations are, are met and, that, and those and things will happen though won't they I mean there will be traffic jams or breakdowns or a child yeah. will be sick when they get off the airport airplane mm. but it's how um, you deal with it yeah, the, do, when it happens isn't it yeah they just do happen it, it will thunder and rain on a Saturday when they're meant to be a, an outdoor event you know, th- those things um, I guess you can't mitigate against can you it's it's just all part of of what it is it's but, a joy. Yeah. but I think I think you know I, I always have kind of whenever we speak to both our, our staff teams and our operations teams, I think when there is a problem, you, that's when you can show how good you actually are. I think, yeah. you know, in, in, in many ways, you don't mind a little problem because then you can, you know, put it right very quickly. You can ensure that the, the, the quality and the provision that they're receiving is what they expect or even sometimes going, it's always about going above and beyond in those situations because that's what gets you the repeat the repeat clientele and that's what I always tell our our, our you know um, our teams on the ground but also our operational teams don't worry if something goes wrong it's about what you, how you react and yeah. what you do because things are going to happen a coach is going to break down or something is going to happen during the summer that is out of our hands because like you say you're dealing with lots of different service providers but it's it's how you react and how you how you um put that right is yeah, the, and how is you the key communicate with them as well isn't it yeah and also the you know, the phone call to mum and dad after day two or three will be sometimes tears, homesick, want to go home, won't it? I mean, yeah. that, they just do happen. So yeah. again, we, we make sure that our um, staff who are directly in contact with, the, with the, the young learners know that that is likely to happen. Um, and the phone call on day five and six is, I don't want to go home, isn't it? It's, it's how you kind of um, try and... Make sure that you know these things are going to happen and then work out a way to not to react to it in a way which you've already kind of been trained on. Mm. Um, that, that's the key, I think. Like you say, you know, you, the, the training element of it, ensuring yeah. that they like are aware that these are the things that, you know, always happen or very often will happen. How we deal with it is the key um, and, and ensuring that, yeah, OK, those first few days, it might have a little wobble or whatever but you know it's how it's we deal with, with it kids and it's dealing with yeah. teenagers and them bringing and going i wasn't given any dinner tonight i sat next to them and saw them eat <laughs> yeah you know it's much like my five-year-old coming home from school saying i don't remember what i had for my lunch or i didn't really eat today when actually i had a, a group leader once who was brilliant and she'd once brought a group and the parents were ringing and said they said they weren't given any lunch yes there was i sat with them no and this happened several times. So she then set up a Facebook group just for her parents. And every day she would take pictures of all the kids and videos of them eating and having a lovely time and put them all on the Facebook group. So when the kids were like, no, I didn't really do anything today, the parents were like, well, you're lying because it's right there. It's mm, a great idea. Yeah. Um, so Martin, um, away from the day-to-day operations of a, of a large young learner company, um, I've knocked around the world with you a few times. Um, we've eaten in some of the restaurants around. Um, we've been very lucky with all that sort of stuff. Not usually for doing work, even <laughs> sometimes um, just personally. What have you got lined up this year that you're looking forward to? I mean, normally you're away a lot, aren't you? Um, and I guess you haven't travelled for 
uh, a couple of years. So what does your schedule look like this year? Yeah, it's, it's certainly less busy from a flight perspective than, than normal. Um, so I think next next trips are are um, Italy and Turkey. Um, normally would be um, getting ready to go to to student fairs in, 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 in Brazil as well and just working out whether that's going to happen or not. Um, but um, yeah, so yeah, next ones are I think yeah, Rome and Rome and Turkey for in in the coming in the coming months. But yeah, less less so. And I'm just really looking forward to re-engaging face to face with agents. Um, it, it's fine, you know, over a phone call or a, or a, or a video call as a keep up to date and just you know catch up. But there's nothing better than you know having that face to face engagement and and you know you know, going out for a meal or having a, a drink and getting back to kind of that, that we relationship. In, we were all in Berlin together and I think it gave us all a boost, didn't it? Because we were seeing people face to face and talking to them. Yeah, it, it was it was it was great to get that kind of going and get that started and the and the, it did really feel like the industry was then right, we are back now and we are this is gonna happen, this summer is gonna happen and so on. So yeah, it was great to, you know, meet lots of our our key agents there as well. Um but yeah, I think there's there's nothing better than going and seeing your your partner, your key partner agents in their own country face to face. Yeah, I've um, got um, ISF Dubai in a couple of weeks, and we're planning a fam trip uh, first week of April. Yeah. So we're quite confident that we'll get um, a good attendance of of international partners over um, in April, and it's all starting to sort of move. We're looking for well, we had a member of staff go to Spain last week. We're looking for a big trip to Asia in April. So it is starting to. To get something like see you in the in the airport as you yeah. as you bump into people yeah. going on different flights yeah that, yeah can't wait to get back to the kind of full normality of properly getting around and, and seeing everybody and and you know you took a, you, right at the beginning and you kind of took a step back and went you know is this going to be a bit the new norm where you don't travel anywhere near as much and I think there is going to be a hybrid nature to it I think the, you know the 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 days of being on on flights, you know, weekly or every fortnight or whatever, is probably not going to happen in the same way. But I think certainly um, it will be. Um, a, it has been missed, and I think I think you know that that relationship that we that we drive with our with our agents and, and, and partners around the world. There's only so much you can do over over a video screen, I think, and I think you know that 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 meeting face to face and and having those you know proper engagements, I think, is the is is going to be still a key part of the of the sales um uh, channel for 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 us, for us all well martin it's been um a pleasure having you here thank you very much for for taking us and our listeners through some of the um ins and outs of of running young learner programs and um we very much hope for a successful summer and beyond for all of us yeah thank you thank you to you for having me as well no it's been a real pleasure thank you very much You can find out more about what we do at Bell by visiting our website at bellenglish.com.